Where does yesterday's future, which is already here, meet today's future, which is about to happen, and tomorrow's future, which could be just minutes away? Welcome to Technology Revolution, the future of now. Where host Bonnie D. Graham asks savvy futurists for their predictions about the tech-driven trends that are shaping our future right now. Here's your host, who will take us into the future of now, Bonnie D. Graham. Oh, welcome, 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 welcome. This is the second episode of our brand new series, and we are so excited to come to you today. This is a hot topic. You may not be aware of what we're going to talk about. We're going to educate you, inspire you, motivate you. You might be able to take action, or you might just be able to say, aha, I didn't know that. So let me start out with a buzz quote, as I always do. This is a quote from an article on CBSNews.com. Let me read it, and then I'll tell you a little more, and then I'm going to have my four special guests introduce themselves so you get to hear their voices right at the top of the show. So here's the quote. The fashion industry is starting to care about people with disabilities, designing apparel, shoes, and other products for consumers with non-standard body types, boosting an overlooked population's confidence and the industry's own bottom line. That is such a loaded statement. It's so packed. So let me tell you what we're what we're going to be discussing. Okay, wherever you are, whoever you are, whatever your age, your shape, your ethnicity, your whatever your culture is, you probably got dressed today or you're going to. You put on the clothes you need for your job, clothes you love for your lifestyle. Other than deciding what to wear, presuming you had some choices, was getting dressed easy for you? Well, it might not be if you have a disability. I'm getting goosebumps as I say this. If you have a disability or a deformity or something in your body or the way it works that prevents you from using the buttons, the snaps, the zippers, the hooks that other people use or from pulling your shirt and pants on over your limbs, it wasn't such an easy experience. So those who fit into that category, where do you find stylish, adaptive clothing? And we'll be defining the word adaptive with you. Universal design closures. It could be magnetic, easy to put on, easy to take off. Mainstream clothing retailers, eh, they're just starting to come around, but largely they've been ignoring the market, especially of American consumers with disabilities. Well, I have breaking news for those retailers. The disposable income in total of this population in the U.S. alone is more than $490 billion. <clears throat> Billion with a B. Got it? They have money. They want to spend it. They want to be fashionable. They want to get dressed. They want to go about their day or their night, just like everybody else. So how can technology like artificial intelligence, algorithms, robotics, robots, 3D rendering, 3D printing, and even digital knitting help clothing manufacturers adapt their production processes to help this market Get dressed. I have four panelists. They're all experts in some way related to this field. If you can't tell how excited I am, wake up. I'm excited. So I'm going to introduce them simply with their name and ask them to introduce themselves. My panelists, please just tell us a little bit about who you are and what this topic means to you. First up, Mindy Shire, founder of Runway of Dreams Foundation. Mindy, welcome back. Tell our audience what you do, please. Thank you so much, Bonnie. It's such an honor to be on uh, your new show. Um, again, my name is Mindy Shire. I am the founder and CEO of Runway of Dreams Foundation. I am a fashion designer by trade and proud mom of a child with a disability who I learned from very early on that struggled with being able to dress himself but communicated very clearly that he wanted to be able to dress like everybody else did. 
so I decided to take my background in the fashion design area and have a small goal changing the industry to be able to be inclusive of people with disabilities as clothing is a direct communicator to who you are as a person, your confidence level, and it is our mission to make sure that everybody on this planet is able to wear exactly what they want to wear from a mainstream perspective. Thank you, Mindy. I'm so happy to have you on. You're on one of my other shows a couple of weeks ago, and I just had to invite you back. So we're delighted to have you. You're very special to us. Let's go a little bit around the table to our next guest, Billy Price. I just met him a minute and a half ago before when we were doing sound checks. He's the founder and CEO at Billy Footwear. Billy Price, please introduce yourself to our listeners. Yeah, thank you for the opportunity. Yeah, again, I'm Mm -hmm. Billy Price, co-founder of Billy Footwear. Uh, My... We're a shoe company. <laughs> we'll start there. So I'm in a wheelchair. Um, I wasn't always in a wheelchair. Unfortunately, when I was a freshman in college, um, I fell out of a three-story window and uh, broke mm. my neck and my back, which caused a spinal cord injury, and a lot of things in my world changed. And uh, there wasn't really anything on the market shoe-wise that would allow me to put my shoes on independently. So that was the challenge. And uh, myself and my other co-founder, we opted to try to do something about it, to bring something to the market that would functionally work for me, yet still be stylish to be mainstream. So what started off as an initial goal for my challenge, um, and we succeeded with overcoming my challenge, it turned into a much larger mission to really try to dissolve the line between adaptive and non-adaptive, to bring a shoe into, this, into a mainstream space that could functionally work for someone like myself, but yet be mainstream that everyone would want to wear. Billy, I'm I'm so happy to meet you. I'm so proud that you agreed to come on the show, and um, I just say bravo to you. You must hear that all the time. Do you wake up inspired every single day, Billy Price? <laughs> uh, I try to be, most definitely. <laughs> give yourself well, a cup of coffee, then you're good to go. <laughs> we'll be finding out a little bit later what you what your favorite beverage is. So thank you for that. I appreciate that. Let's move one more stop around the table. We have four on the panel today. I'm going to keep this moving. Matt Lakaitis, Senior VP and General Manager of Consumer Industries at SAP North America. Matt, welcome back. Why don't you tell everybody what you do and why this topic matters to you? Oh, hi there, Bonnie. It's great to be back with you. It's always a pleasure being on your shows. And thank you. uh, I've got the great privilege of working with some incredible brands, um, consumer products manufacturers, people that make apparel and footwear, as well as the people that sell it uh, at the retail level, whether it's online or in traditional stores. And it's just so exciting to see their passion for this emerging area. And it's an area that really shouldn't be emerging. It should be mainstream. And Ah. I think all of us together are working to change that, and it's a very exciting time in the industry. Very well put. It shouldn't be emerging. It should be mainstream. That's a good wish, and that's a good goal, and that's the challenge. Thank you, Matt. And final stop around the table, another newcomer to our show, Maria Moresh. She told me that I was pronouncing her name very well, so I hope I did it okay. We just met a couple minutes ago on the on the pre-show sound checks. She's a global industry principal, consumer industries, SAP customer experience. Maria, welcome to the show, and please tell us a little bit about your background and why this topic matters to you. Thank you so much for having me in your show. Uh, I'm really excited about this topic. So I've been working in the fashion industry uh, for almost 20 years now and uh, with ACP for two years. Um, and uh, it's, uh, I, I agree completely with Matt. It shouldn't be, um, it shouldn't be the exception. This should be 
um, the exact type of uh, business line that all the brands should be looking at today because um, no matter what type of body type you have, you should always have the possibility to use clothing to define your identity and to, uh, and to look exactly as you want. So I think there's a huge opportunity. There are fortunately some brands uh, that are already doing it. Uh, but much more, uh, many more will follow. And I think what is enabling that is technology. So that's why it's so exciting to be with ACP at this point uh, in time where the industry is um, looking for, for change in, uh, in the type of body types that define the standards. Thank you, Maria. Pleasure to have you on. Now, I want to give a sidebar here to my audience around the world. This show is different from the usual Game Changers format. We've already heard from our panelists. They've introduced themselves next. Each one of them has sent me a quote that they're going to talk about how it relates to the topic. And then I'm going to ask them where they're calling from, what their favorite drink is. We just want to know a little more personable about them. And then we're going to get into each panelist sent me three predictions. I'm going to ask each of them to explain all three first Mindy then Billy then Matt and then Maria and we're going to see at the end if there's any overlap in the predictions or if they disagree we're going to find that out at the end so Mindy Shire you're up first Mindy has sent us a quote from Ron White born in 1956 American stand-up comedian and actor his nickname is Tater Salad I won't go there he wrote the book I had the right to remain silent but I didn't have the ability and he's a charter member of the blue collar comedy tour and his book made the bestseller list here's the quote Mindy selected. I believe that if life gives you lemons, you make lemonade and try to find someone whose life is giving them vodka and have a party. Mindy, what a great way to start this segment. (laughs) I I absolutely love this. So Mindy, take about 90 seconds and tell us what this quote has to do with our topic today. Love to hear this. I actually don't think I could have found um, a more perfect quote to really encapsulate my whole journey with Runway of Dreams, as life certainly did give us a bit of lemons um, with my son's diagnosis of muscular dystrophy. But at the same time, what it did was expose us to this incredible population of almost 60 million people in the United States alone, a billion people globally that have a disability. But the, my, what really hit home for me with the quote was that it's one thing to make lemonade, but it makes it just a little bit better when you find some vodka to go with it. And that has really been um, such a, a beautiful way to explain the journey that Oliver led us to in terms of him exposing me first to the fact that he struggled with being able to dress himself and buttoning his shirts and putting pants over his leg braces and putting on shoes, as Billy mentioned, and it's such an honor always to be with Billy, Um, in that I had that exposure and I had the notion that I did feel that with my background of being a designer that I could do something about it and work with the industry to first and foremost educate them on who this population was, the size of it, the fact that they do have spending power and absolutely they care about how they look. But it's one thing to have a great idea and it's quite another to have people that believe in it and agree with it. And I've had many experiences with that. The first one I'm super proud of is in 2016 
we partnered with Tommy Hilfiger to make fashion history and develop the first ever mainstream adaptive clothing line. And that has been the vodka experience that has started us uh, through Runway of Dreams to leading to working with the Zappos adaptive team. Um, I have the privilege of being on their advisory council, and that is how I met Matt Lukaitis, who is now an incredible partner to Runway of Dreams. So I've had all of these amazing vodka experiences to go with my lemonade to make it exactly <laughs> the power that we have right now. And, and as everybody has said, it's such an incredible time to be in the fashion industry to experience and witness change happen. So I, I again, couldn't have picked a better quote to encapsulate <laughs> the kind of the, how I view everything in that you have to have a little laughter behind it um, and the experience that we've had. Thank you, Mindy. I have a feeling that working with you is always a party, with or without the vodka. I think you're you're the vodka. I think that you're you're the life of the party. I can tell from your beautiful voice, your energy. You're just bubbling through, and um, we're so grateful to you for what you've done. Billy Price has sent us a quote from Tom Hardy, who played Eames E A M E S in the twenty. 10 sci-fi thriller film Inception. Let me just give a little background here. Eames is an essential part of the secrecy and deceit within the dream world. Eames can project the image of anyone, essentially forging an identity as a literal physical manifestation. Combined with his ability to mirror mannerisms and behaviors, he's a capable doppelganger portrayed by Tom Hardy. He is seen holding a Beretta 92FS Inox in the poster. His totem is a poker chip. Billy, I hope I did that justice, but here's the quote Billy is selected. Get this quote. This is great. You mustn't be afraid to dream a little bigger, darling. Billy, I love the quote. You have to tell me, how did you find us? And please relate it to our topic today. Billy Price, you're up. Uh, Well, I'll do my best. Um, I just love the content within within that quote, because they're already in dream world. And then it's like, okay, let's dream even bigger. And uh, essentially, that's kind of been the ride that we've been on as a company. You know, I, I mentioned that I broke my neck when I was in college. I was 18 years old, and um, I didn't put my shoes on independently again until I was 36. So mm. literally half a lifetime later, um, I was going, people put my shoes on for me. So then at 36, we had a prototype, and then I was able to do it for the first time. And uh, when that happened, I mean, just that small little piece of independence that I now had in my back pocket, it felt really good. But the thing is, we had to dream bigger. And the bigger dream was, okay, this needs to be shared. It needs to be shared with the world. And it wasn't wasn't a matter of just sharing with someone like myself, but it was a matter to try to fundamentally change the game. And it was a matter like to bring kind of a level playing field so anyone could go to the store, the Nordstrom's of the world, the Zappos of the world, the Kids Foot Locker of the world, the Macy's of the world, to be able to go in there with any sort of, you know, challenge or no challenge, just want, want a convenient shoe, and to be able to buy their product just like everybody else. So that was the big dream that we had, and we boldly set out to kind of conquer that. And I don't know, we looked in the mirror a number of times thinking we were crazy, and certainly people told us we were crazy, but it's been just incredible to see the, the traction we've gained, pun intended. Oh, Billy, <laughs> what can I say? It's a beautiful story, and you did dream bigger, and it was a long dream in coming. How how 
Do you pat yourself on the back sometimes and say, I did it. I'm helping myself. I'm helping people. I'm out there. I've changed in industry. Do you ever take time to just say yes to yourself? Is that part of your mantra? Well, you know, I would say my mantra is more like I, I strive to add value to other people. So when people reach out and they're just, they have their success and they share their success or they share um, just their positive opinion on what we're trying to do, that's the stuff that warms my heart. It's not a matter of me trying to pat myself on the back. I'm trying to do everything I can to help other people. And I mean, and I, I would say the reason I, I, where that comes from is, you know, when I broke my neck, um, if you crunch the numbers, I really shouldn't have survived. <laughs> mm. So I did. And so basically ever since being 18 years old, I've been living on bonus time. So I'm trying mm. to do the best of it. You're making me cry. You're not supposed to do that to a host of a live radio show, Billy Price, but it's well-deserved. So I'm going to say thank you to you. I'm just going to say that, and you can take that as a, as a huge compliment and an accolade for everything you do. And before I get dissolved in tears here, let's move around the table to Matt Lakaitis at SAP. And Matt has sent us a quote from Nelson Mandela. 1918 to 2013, South African anti-apartheid revolutionary, political leader, and philanthropist, president of South Africa from 1994 to 1999. Seems so long ago. Here's the quote Matt has selected. A bright future beckons. The onus is on us through hard work, honesty, and integrity to reach for the stars. Matt, talk to me about this quote. Well, Bonnie, first of all, let me just say, isn't it amazing to be partnered with people like uh, Mindy and Billy and Maria on this mission? How can we go wrong? It's going to be incredible, isn't it? Absolutely correct. So, yeah. and I, think I, love the, I love the reach for the stars been, part. Talk to me about the reach yeah, for the stars part of the quote. I think it's uh, perfectly in context to what Mindy and Billy just talked about, right? I mean, there's already amazing things going on, but we have to dream bigger. And I love the fact that uh, Mandela, who you know I admire for a lot of other reasons, like millions of people, but I love the fact that he talks about hard work, honesty, and integrity as that currency that really helps you reach for the stars because we have to keep pushing ourselves and each other to dream bigger if we're really truly going to affect the change that we we all deserve and that people deserve out there, especially around this topic. So it's just a reminder to to remain optimistic, to think big, and to push yourself always every day to dream bigger and find a way to help improve someone's life. Thank you very much. All wonderful thoughts right in line with what we're talking about today. And now let's go to our fourth panelist, Maria Moresh. And Maria has sent us a quote from Ella Williams. Maria, I had no idea who she was. Let me just read a little background. At age four, she fell in love with surfing with guidance from her father and her older brother. She was riding the waves on a sports, on a, a surfboard at four. At six, get this, everyone. Ella declared she was going to be a world champion surfer. Did she just think? It? No, she wrote it on her bedroom wall so she could look at it. Twelve years later, and she comes from a small town of Wemgamata on New Zealand's North Island. She, twelve years later, became the Women's World Junior Surf Champ. You want to read more about her? Just find her. Ella Williams. And here's the quote. Billy's going to love this one. Bite off more than you can chew, then chew it. Maria, talk to me about this beautiful <laughs> quote. Go ahead. Oh, it's uh, it's such a, an inspirational quote for me, um, and I see myself uh, uh, as Ella Williams sometimes. You know, I tend to be very determined, and when I find a challenge, I really try to overcome my fears and uh, and go beyond um, what would be expected. 
but I think um, all of the fashion businesses at the moment are exactly in this position. They need to chew all of it. They need to be able to go beyond their comfort zone. There's no point in staying lazy. <laughs> it, you really need to go beyond what is expected to continue um, in business because there's so much offer, there's so much of everything that if you don't bring a differentiation and if you don't bring something that really makes sense for your customers, then there is no point uh, in, uh, in continuing in business really. And I hear that every day from many, many fashion brands in the world. I think looking at the future, looking at something that is really impossible and, and do it. So I think no, no better quote for this, uh, uh, for this show today than uh, to try and reach the impossible, which is to, to go beyond what, what is the, the standard body type. There are so many body types and they're all wonderful. Thank you very much, Maria. All very, very inspiring, and I'm so glad you introduced me to who Ella Williams is. I appreciate it. Now we're going to do a lightning round. We want to get to know our panelists a little bit better. We'll start out with Mindy Shire. Mindy, three questions. Let's just breeze through these. Everybody else, get ready. Number one, where are you in the world today? Number two, what's your favorite beverage that powers you? And um, I think we'll start with just those two questions. Let's do that, because we already had you introduce yourself. So, Mindy, where are you, and what do you love to drink that really? And you can get away from the vodka and lemonade. Let's see if there's another drink in your life. <laughs> Go ahead, Mindy Shire. <laughs> uh, I am in New York City. Um, and to be honest, I like anything that you can cheers to or toast to. As I, I heard an incredible, sorry to throw in another quote, but from T- Deepak Chopra that said, this is the greatest moment of your life is right now. And if you live your life by that and take advantage of every moment, then everything is a celebration. It actually doesn't matter what's in your cup. I like that very much. Billy Price, where are you today and what's in your cup or what would you like to think about drinking? I am born and raised and still live in Seattle, Washington, Mm. and I am a real sucker for hot chocolate. Ooh, you have a special recipe you can share with us? I don't. I don't. But uh, whatever... I don't know. It seems like whenever I have hot chocolate, I'm always in a fun spot. May it be like in Europe or may it be local. It seems to always be a good experience. Well, thank you very much. I'm a, I'm a chocolate fan myself, so I was just wondering if you have a favorite recipe or you like to put things together a sp- certain way, just send me the recipe. I'd love to have it. Thank you very much. Matt Lakaitis, where are you and what's your favorite drink that powers you and makes you smile? Today I'm in uh, New York City in our Hudson Yards office, and uh, I'm suddenly craving uh, vodka with lemonade. (laughs) Oh, he's good, Mindy. He's really good. Yeah, okay. Should we leave it at that? Do do we have a name for that, vodka with lemonade? Is there a name? I don't know. I'm looking it up. You know I'm going to look it up. Uh, It's just called Perfect Lemonade, Easy Lemonade. Here, what is vodka with lemonade called? Oh, it's called a John Daly. They use lemonade, iced tea, and vodka, named after American golfer John Daly. It's also called a vodka infusion if you use sweet tea. I'm in Durham, North Carolina, so sweet tea is very popular here. So we'll go with that, Matt. Thank you very much. We discovered a new drink. And Maria, where are you today, and what do you love to drink? Well, I'm in London, and I love strawberry smoothie, just because I like the color. It's happy, and it makes me smile. (laughs) 
I like that. I like the color, too. When I was a teenager in New York City, Maria, I used to venture down to the village. We, we called it Greenwich Village in those days. I think now there's a East Village and a West Village. Greenwich Village. And I used to go to a cafe that had non-alcoholic beverages. I was 16, and my friends and I would buy something that was a strawberry soda with a whole bunch of whipped cream on top and a cherry on top mm. and a straw. And it was in a glass that was about, oh, I don't know, 12 inches tall and we would sit there all day and sip it and we would listen to guitarists and poets and singers it was back in the beatnik era i'm really dating myself and i re- i don't remember the name of the drink but it was really really fun and that's all they made us buy that was the cover charge it was like three bucks and so strawberry strawberry soda was always wonderful for us so there's there's my drink i'm drinking water by the way they don't let me have caffeine on radio show days guess what panelists we're having so much fun we're not going to take a break so i warned you this is going to be an hour you're all mine and i'm very excited so let me just review who our panelists are and we're going to start with your predictions. We're going to go fast and furious through the predictions. We have Mindy Shire at Runway of Dreams. We have Billy Price, Billy Footwear. We have Matt Lakaitis at SAP and Maria Moresh at SAP. So, Mindy Shire, you're up first. I have your three predictions. We're talking, if you're just joining us today, this is our new series, Technology Revolution, The Future of Now. That means right now. If people tell you that the future is already here, they're talking about yesterday's future. Today's future hasn't happened yet, and that's what we're talking about, and that's what we're creating, the future of today, the future of now. It's going to happen any second. Whoops, it was right after I finished that sentence, and now it's gone. So there you go. It's a moving target. So my panelists have sent me... Three each exciting predictions, trends on what they're observing or what they're hoping for in the industry of adaptive clothing. We're talking about the ability for everyone to get dressed in fashion, whatever that means to them, to do it easily, to do it pleasantly, not have to struggle, clothing for all. So, Mindy Shire, let's start off with prediction number one. Let's make this really quick. Mindy said, clothing and footwear manufacturing will be customizable. Mindy, tell me more. I think with our culture and society um, getting more and more clear that they're really, even with able-bodied people, it's very hard to find a standard. I mean, what was a size 2 in 1920 is not a size 2 as it is today. And with the notion of including people with disabilities, I think we are moving towards more real-time manufacturing and more personalization with manufacturing so that clothing can and footwear can be more suitable for different shaped bodies and abilities. Perhaps, you know, for example, selling single paired shoes instead of in pairs. I think we're going to see a lot of dispelling of the way that things were um, in standardization to be much more customizable and much more um, of a faster turnaround. Thank you. Prediction number two, modifications that were created for mainstream clothing to be wearable for PWDs, and you're going to explain that to me, will trend for able-bodied people. Mindy, go ahead. So PWDs uh, stands for people with disabilities, Mm -hmm. Um, and I use the best example of of the eyeglasses that originally were a medical device for people that we're having problems seeing. It is now a $71 billion industry and a fashion accessory. And I firmly believe that the modifications that are being developed 
for clothing to be more wearable for people with disabilities will become trends for able-bodied people. Thank you. And prediction number three, oh, this is good. The art of buttoning will become a thing of the past. I, I say yes, and I'm what's considered an able-bodied person. So what does this mean, Mindy? What are you predicting? I am predicting that um, a technology, and I'm using quotes, that was created many, many years ago, the notion of putting a button through a buttonhole is something that we can move on from and create technologies, which is now becoming more of magnetic closures, that can be used for everybody. I think that in a world where Alexa can basically do everything in your life for you, why in the world are we making dressing yourself more complicated than it needs to be, and everybody can be wearing or utilizing closures that can make it wearable for all types of bodies. Thank you very much, Mindy. Let's move on to Billy Price at Billy Footwear. Billy, you sent me three predictions. Thank you. Let's go to number one, custom universal. You say finding the balance between working for all and appealing to the one. Billy, tell us more. Right. So this is kind of in the spirit of universal design. So universal design being, you know, basically having a, a some sort of receptacle or whatever the widget is that can work for everyone, yet it's still a matter of trying to make it customizable for the characteristics of that person. So I think of like a coffee shop where everyone can go into the coffee shop, but the experience each person has within that coffee shop is unique to that person. Or if you think about a smartphone, you know, the smartphone, the functionality of that works for everybody. For example, text messaging voice command, that's something that started for the deaf and the blind. However, it's something we all use now. And even though it's something that's more universal, the phone itself, you can change out the color. I mean, the the color of the case, you can change the um, configuration of the buttons so you can make it more unique to yourself. So I see uh, for our shoes, for example, um, it can be more of a uh, universal receptacle that everyone can use. However, um, like a white shoe, if they want to paint that out and customize it to make it specifically for that person to kind of meet like what their artistic flair is, um, I can see, I can see that balance happening more and more and more. That's exciting. That's a personality thing, right, Billy? That's you can express yourself through your clothing by yes, right? Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, we already have customers that buy the white pairs of our shoes and then they get the magic markers out and they completely color it however they want. And I can see uh, being able to make that kind of on-demand type of customization, um, you know, I think it'll be a lot easier in the future. Do they send you pictures? They do. They do. <laughs> and my mind is kind of blown from the artistic uh, brilliance that these guys come up with. I bet. That's like giving them the raw ingredients and tell them to go out and cook a dinner and, and no two people are going to have the same exact meal. Number two headline from Billy Price at Billy Footwear, sizing confirmation. Ah, perfection before purchase. Please explain. Right. So a lot of folks, uh, they reach out to us and they want to know where brick and mortar store-wise they can go in and try the shoes on. Well, brick and mortar, we have this uh, kind of a balance going on between e-commerce and brick and mortar where there's a big surge with e-commerce rising and not necessarily as much product on the shelves in brick and mortar. So there's got to be a way to be able to, you know, well, let me back up. Everyone's got feet, but everyone's feet's a little bit different. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's a matter of like trying to understand exactly what that, what that customer needs and how best we can meet those needs. And uh, I think through various 3D, 3D rendering or some sort of technology and whatnot, we can better get a better grasp 
on the actual needs of the customer to be able to meet their needs instead of going back and forth returns and whatnot. That'll help them timely-wise, but it'll also help the business in terms of, uh, you know, not just wasting money on shipping. Very interesting. Billy, I, I was a, a big fan of high heels way back in the day early in my career as a computer mainframe computer programmer analyst, and I wore very high heels, and I can't even tell you what it did to, to the my ability to, to wear shoes many years later. So I end up wearing something in the style of a boot, something with a soft front because of what's happened with my toes and the side of my feet over the years, and I have to wear boots almost year-round. It's very hard to find shoes that are comfortable because of, let's just say, changes in the shape of my foot. So anything that would be a sizing confirmation for me would be appreciated. It's it's very hard to fit some feet that have, uh, let's just say, older feet. We're just going to leave it at that. So I'm glad to hear that. Billy's prediction number three, entrepreneurship surge. Think the change, make the change. Billy, what is this? I think the the generations following us, um, I think there's just a lot more people thinking out of the box. And as such, I think they're approaching challenges in different ways to a different perspective. And I'm just really excited for the future um, and the people that will be filling that future to be able to come up with just brilliant ideas to, you know, come up with solutions that are more inclusive but also create more efficiency and then just in general just add value to everybody. Thank you very much. I, I love the optimism and I love your energy. And you know what? I think we're going to have time at the end when we finish predictions from Matt and Maria. I think we're going to have time to go around the table and just have everybody shout out. I want to prepare you all what your favorite technology is that's going to help make all of these exciting predictions happen. So Mindy and Billy, you can start thinking about it. You've already mentioned some things. What's going to help fashion adapt? So we'll do that as a, as a round at the end. Matt Lakaitis is up next. Three headlines. Number one, I love this one, Matt. Hundreds of brands will produce adaptive clothing by 2021. And just let me level set for our listeners. Today is June 12, 2019. So 2021 is not that far away. Matt, talk to me. Yeah, I think it's, uh, I think it's important to note that, we, as we talked earlier, we're on the cusp of a, of a cresting wave here. And I do think that once people fully understand the opportunity and the business value in supporting this community, I think we're going to see a tremendous number of brands really begin to fully embrace the adaptive movement. Uh, It doesn't take much to get started and be successful producing adaptive clothing that people are going to want, and I'm just really excited about this. I think we're really going to see that that number dramatically increase, uh, and it's going to be balanced directly into their mainstream production uh, plans, and it's going to be a great, a great thing. We're going to see hundreds of winning brands really focus on producing clothing by 2021. Exciting. That mainstream word keeps seeping in there. Number two prediction from Matt Lakaitis. New technologies will be invented and made available to make it even easier for those with special needs to be accommodated. What are we talking about here? Well, you know, I, I go back to when my children were in middle school just a few years ago. Their, some of their teachers said to them, as they talk about thinking into the future, they said, the majority of you are going to be working in jobs that have not yet even been invented or even contemplated, which has really been happening over the last, say, 10 or so years. And I think the same thing is going to happen with technology, specifically for technology to accelerate uh, the adoption of the adaptive movement. Uh, technology has a way of accelerating and cascading upon itself, right? We've all seen this in the 
the pure tech world with, if you take a look at the CPU and Intel and the, some of the things they've done over the years with Moore's Law and adding more capacity. But it, it really happens that technology inspires and feeds other technologists to dream bigger and think bigger. And I think we're going to see entirely new ways of being adaptive, uh, new concepts. Uh, I like Mindy's uh, discussion earlier about the future of buttons. Mm-hmm. And I think we're really just going to see a tremendous amount of innovation around adaptive clothing that's going to create things that haven't even been thought of yet. Thank you. That's why we're doing the show today. We want to spark that energy, that enthusiasm, that inspiration. Number three from Matt Lakaitis, entire new businesses and new business models will arise to serve the market. Matt. Right. Well, this really um, is kind of the full circle, right, with technology advancing so quickly. We're seeing technology be that enabler to creating entirely new business models, right? We've seen that, obviously, with the rise of Uber and Lyft and other ride-sharing services as just one simple example. But if you take a look at what's happening, uh, look at Zappos Adaptive as one of the north stars of uh, this movement, right? They had a very successful mainstream business, and they continue to do so, and they've also created a very successful adaptive business at the same time. So this ability of technology to influence and inspire and serve as the platform to support a totally new business model, you're going to see that accelerate as well because anytime technology accelerates, new business models are created and new business uh, is accelerated as well. And as we talked before, the business value of serving this market is unprecedented and it, it speaks for itself. So I'm really excited about the combination of technology, the combination of creativity, which has always existed in the fashion industry, and the combination of these new business models to really provide some acceleration to the movement. Thank you, Matt. Let's move on to Maria. I know you're waiting patiently. We have three headlines from you, three predictions. Number one, Maria Moresh, lasers and lace. I like that. Laser cutting design innovations in technology are crafting the designs of today's fashion. Maria, tell me more. Really briefly, I think laser is one of these technologies that really is changing the market and particularly for different types of uh, body shapes. So the application of laser technology is huge and it's already being used for laser cutting and there are um, even not just to cut the, the garment but also to give the color that that garment needs to have. So particularly for jeans, Think about the sustainability effects of this as well. You know, the, the fact that you don't need liters and liters of water to create jeans anymore to get that washed type of look and feel. You can use laser for that as well. You can cut the jeans with, uh, with laser, then you can print with laser as well. Um, then laser engraving uh, for the type of customizations that, uh, uh, that have engraving laser is used for that as well. Uh, to find um, and detect the um, problems in the, in, in the fabric. So one of the things is when you're producing, um, the, the clothing needs to be comfortable. Uh, and sometimes it's not because there was a, a problem during the, the supply chain and, and laser um, uh, can, can find the faults in the, in the fabric. Um, body scanning, this is, of course, very, very useful for garments mm-hmm. where you need to make modifications to adapt. Um, barcode scanning, so this is more a practical side in the, in the store, and metal detection, garment counting. I mean, laser is one of those amazing technologies, so it's, it's already um, something you can use, but there's so much potential. 
That's exciting. Thank you, Maria. Let's go to your prediction number two. Stay relevant. This is a message for retailers. Retailers need to keep up with millennials and all abilities dressers in today's digital landscape. Maria, tell me more. So the generation with buying power are the millennials today. They were born digital. They expect nothing less than a seamless journey. And uh, and so... There's, there's two levels of convenience that they are looking for. Convenience in service, uh, but also convenience in product. So convenience in product includes all body types, customization when needed, and, and comfort with a great design. Thank you very much. And prediction number three for Maria. Uh, This is a good one. Another day, another return. Retailers need to embrace the returns process rather than shunning it away. And this is interesting, uh, looking back at what Billy Price was just talking about, customizable, and I think his headline was sizing confirmation, perfection before purchase. Will that ever become a reality for retail, Maria, that people won't return it because, oh, it doesn't fit me? What do you think? How, How far away are we from that? So I think the returns need to be embraced, really, because it's a, it's a fact of uh, when you shop, and particularly if you buy online, that there there may not be the right fit. That happens with all body types, and uh, and so it's uh, if you work around this by creating a service that allows you to return, or as a retailer, you already expect that, but the service already weaves in any costs you may have. Um, I don't know, like a subscription model, for example. So this goes back to what Matt was saying as well in terms of new business models. If you develop a business model that considers the shopping behavior and the need that consumers have of returning products, then you are embracing uh, this, uh, this opportunity to, to be relevant for your customers as opposed to try and fight back and blacklist your shoppers that return. Of course, there has been abuse in the industry, but uh, uh, if, if the product is, is done with uh, good quality and, uh, and the entire digital strategy considers uh, uh, what the, cu- the customer needs, then returns need to be considered as part of the operation as well and as part of the strategy. Thank you, Maria. That finishes our predictions part. I want to thank the, the four of you for being so thoughtful and so so interesting in what you presented. We certainly had a wide array of predictions. I want to open this up and talk about technology. Maria was mentioning laser. We've heard something about artificial intelligence. Uh, let's talk a little bit about, I'd like to just open this up wide open and have anybody speak. So it could be Mindy, Billy, Matt, Maria. Just jump in. What's your favorite technology that you think will really advance? the advancements of adaptive clothing for all abilities. Mindy, Billy, Matt, Maria, somebody jump in and then we'll discuss it. Who wants to start? I'll jump. Good. It's Mindy. Yes. Um, Because actually Maria just, I think, hit it so beautifully. In my opinion, I think the body scanning is going to be the core to so many of the ideas that were just mentioned. And by the way, we're brilliant. Um, about the future as being able to really scan the body and see exactly what the measurements are will help with customization, will help with the notion of not needing to return anymore, will help help with probably waste um, and everything else that has plagued us a little bit in terms of getting it right. 
and especially in terms of bringing people with disabilities into the conversation because there is no standard within even muscular dystrophy, for example. There's Mm -hmm. about 36 strains of muscular dystrophy, and each one affects the body very, very differently. So it will be an impossibility to say that there will be a standard size 8. But with body scanning, we could help solve that problem. Interesting. Who else wants to comment? Matt, Maria, Billy on body scanning. Billy, do you have a favorite technology you're using in your production processes? Somebody talk to me. Well, I can piggyback on what, what Minnie just said. I mean, with, yeah. with that 3D modeling, it, you know, we, we already have 3D printers, right? And they're, mm-hmm. the, the 3D printing is getting less and less expensive. Um, if we had the ability to do those body scans and whatnot, we can actually make up, you know, a, a, a rendering, like a physical rendering that you can touch and feel. Um, and then, you know, you can start getting imaginative um, on how best to, like, solve that problem. I mean, I think technology is going to help us a lot, but at the same time, it still comes back to, like, the actual person itself to have the imagination and the courage to, uh, to think bigger and to think outside that box and how to solve the problem. I mean, the technology is going to help us, but it still comes on us to have the courage to step out. I like the word courage in there. Very well put. Matt, do you have a favorite technology you want to talk about in terms of allowing manufacturers who exist today, let's take this perspective, to change their production processes without having to, quote unquote, go broke and buy all new equipment so that I know we've talked in in many of our Game Changers radio shows about the make for me generation of manufacturing. It's you can have mass production and then you get a couple of custom orders. You have to be able to shift the production specifications so you can do that and then go back to your mask. So, Matt, any thoughts on that? What's your favorite tech in adaptive clothing? Well, I think one of the most exciting areas is really this whole concept of customer experience management, which you can broadly define. But, you know, one of the privileges of my role is I get to speak with so many uh, CEOs and leaders in these organizations that are struggling with the, the problem of delivering that fantastic customer experience and then having all the processes in their business whether it's a production process or a customer service process or a returns process, all things we talked about earlier on this show, uh, be perfectly orchestrated and aligned to support that. So we, we talked to them a lot about the fact that there's some statistics out there that say that 80% of CEOs think they deliver a superior customer experience, mm-hmm. but only 8% of their customers agree. And that's known as the experience gap. And what's exciting is uh, we're, we're working with a lot of customers now to focus on harnessing that experience across four, four broad areas of focus, right? They're focusing on uh, their employees and getting that experience to turn them into better brand ambassadors. There's a lot of talk about focusing on their products and making them into customer obsessions. They really want to understand their customers at that one-to-one customized level to turn them into fanatics, and as a result, they're able to turn their brands into religions. And it really starts with the technology that's been incredibly advancing in recent years around getting their fingers on the pulse of that experience at all aspects of it so that they can unite that experience data with all that operational data in their supply chains, in their finances, in their inventory positions, so they can unite those two things together to better serve that customer at that exact moment in time where she wants to have that product in the, mm-hmm. in the size and the shape and the style that she wants it. It's really exciting. 
Interesting. I'm just going to read a little news break here. Maria, I'm going to come to you in a second. Uh, this was an article. I think, Mindy, you sent this to me the last time you were on Game Changers Radio with me. Uh, this is the little piece from this I thought was interesting, and this goes to what Matt was saying. Labels like Badgley Mishka. I hope I'm pronouncing that right, are collecting data as soon as models step on the runway, showing the latest designs. Thanks to a mobile application they developed for iOS, the label solicits feedback from fashion show attendees on how they react to an outfit. The information is transmitted to retailers that carry the lines, helping custom forecasting, replenishing of stock, and optimizing business planning. Maria, can you talk about this? Do you, you, anybody have any, any information on this in terms of uh, or Billy, what this will do, Billy, you get feedback. Are you are you having any runway shows, any fashion shows of your footwear where you have the ability through iOS to have people tell you, I'd love to have that, but I need it as X, Y, Z. Anybody want to jump in? Love to hear this. I'm happy to jump. Um, yep. I think this is fascinating to, to have the ability to collect data immediately mm-hmm. at the point that uh, a runway show is happening. And I see this as something for high-end fashion, but also any any type of fashion, really. It could be fast fashion, any any situation where you have a catwalk show or uh, a scenario where you are demonstrating a collection to uh, retailers that are going to buy. Because that instant feedback, what we are seeing uh, with, with these type of things is that normally the, the end result is not what you were expecting um, before. So normally the top three uh, looks uh, would uh, are completely different from from the expectation in the beginning, and so that was a big badly Mishka and in New York Fashion Week in February with uh, Siriano as well. So, uh, which is uh, one of the designers that really looks at uh, various types of body shapes. So, I think that's that's an interesting one, um, and uh, and and so it's it's fascinating collecting the, this information at the moment that it happens, and then having the ability to have a more informed conversation with the buyers of the retailers saying this is actually what people are preferring. And at that point, is a good point because it's when you have the prototypes. So it's before you have produced huge quantities of, uh, uh, of garments that probably no one would, uh, would select uh, once they, they, they're, they're coming into the, into the season. So Thanks. that leads me to my favorite technology, yeah. which is yes, what actually is it? RFID tagging. I think ah. that, uh, the, you know, the transparency of the supply chain, uh, you know, being able to really know where the cotton came from, where, you know, where the, the garment was assembled, in which conditions, having that information, I think it's priceless and something that, that can serve better the market because ultimately that's, uh, that's what fashion brands are, are looking to do. I agree. Billy, you want to chime in on this? Any use of, of uh, data coming back other than people sending you pictures and saying, yes, we need to have the white version of the shoe so we can customize it. Any thoughts on the tagging, on the uh, the uh, feedback of uh, fashion shows? Billy, how does this impact you? Yeah, well, I love everything that I was just hearing there. Um, we mm-hmm. are definitely not there yet. <laughs> so the way um, we as a company, um, we're not there yet. The, the feedback we get, is just directly through interface, through email, and with photographs, and then through social media. But what what really, you know, moves people is like, yes, if the shoes work or they don't work, that's one thing. But when they talk about the experience, and then we're able to have a direct connection with that customer and to be able to enhance that experience, any technology that can better that, oh my gosh, it's just, it, it just, you become a, 
it's just a real positive thing. I guess I, I don't really have the words to, to capture that, but when, when you have a customer that reaches out with an experience, sometimes you can just feel the cheers between the lines. And if there's a way that we can, um, you know, not only capture that data better, but also to be able to um, share that experience with others and then make those other people have similar experiences, I mean, I think that puts everybody in a positive light. I like that. And you know what? We're just about at the end of time. I'm so appreciative to the four of you for being so flexible, so inspiring, so smart. I'm chatting with my engineer here on a Skype chat. And I'm saying, wow, the four of them, they think so beautifully and so well and articulate so well. And what I want to do to close is first Mindy Shire, then Billy Price and Matt Lakaitis, and then Maria Moresh. I just want you to tell me what you think will change between now and 2025, let's say, let's go a little bit farther out in terms of adaptive clothing. What's your wish? Not what you think will change. What's your wish? And I'm going to give you each about 30 seconds because we're almost at the end of the time. So Mindy Shire, you're first. What would you wish for adaptive fashion will happen between now and 2025? Mindy, go. I'm not going to wish because I believe it will happen that Mm -hmm. adaptive clothing and footwear will become the next category in the fashion industry. No different than plus size or petite or even clothing for our pets. Adaptive clothing will be the next category and probably the most successful. Will it be called adaptive clothing or will there be a more fashionable name to it, Mindy? I'm not a, I, I have no problem with the word adaptive. It, it, it clarifies exactly what it is. And I think it, there's a reason why plus size has remained. Um, mm-hmm. Yes, I know it's now calling curvy and other words, but I don't <laughs> think that there's anything wrong with calling the product what it is. And adaptive product is product that's been adapted to make life easier. And Fair I think enough. We don't have to shy away from that. Fair enough. I said correct, and I like the way you explained it. Billy Price, 30 seconds. What's your wish between now and 2025? Well, I, I mean, my wish is one thing, but I also, as Minnie was talking about, my expectation and what we're already seeing already, I think there's just going to be more and more collaboration. I mean, there's a number of folks on this phone right now we're collaborating with together. So when we have, if I have an idea and you have an idea and we keep our ideas to ourselves, there's only two ideas. But when we start sharing ideas, you know, those ideas get more and more and more. So it gets two, four, six, a hundred ideas. So the more and more collaboration that we do, and I think in the industry, a lot of people are collaborating more and more. And uh, I just, I mean, I can't even think up the ideas that are going to be coming. I mean, it's going to be a really, really good ride. Thank you, Billy. I love the math. Matt, 20 seconds and Maria right behind him. Matt, what's your wish for 2025 between now and then? I'm with both uh, Billy and Mindy on this one, and I, much like we're talking about adaptive clothing becoming mainstream in the industry, I also think it's going to become mainstream within each of these companies, right? So all the planning processes, all the reporting, all the analysis, they're just going to think about this as just another category and another market they're serving in mass, mass quantity. Thank you. Maria, 20 seconds. Um, my wish for 2025 is more efficiency and less waste, and I think adaptive clothing and all the technologies around uh, this category of products can really help the industry to become more and more efficient. 
Thank you to the four of you. I'm so honored you shared your time and your thoughts and your inspiration with me. So thank you to my panelists. Let me just tell you again who they are. Mindy Shire at One Way of Dreams, Billy Price at Billy Footwear, Matt Lakaitis at SAP, and Maria Moresh at SAP. Thank you to Aaron Keller, our engineer extraordinaire. We got to go. He's telling me in French, Vite, Vite. That means quick, quick. Next week, Wednesday, right here on the Business Channel, 11 a.m. Eastern, I'll be back with more technology, the revolution, the future of now, talking about digital ethics. We're Where exactly is AI taking us and who exactly is writing those algorithms that are going to change our life? Bonnie D. Graham signing off. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us for Technology Revolution, the future of now. Mark your calendar to join host Bonnie D. Graham every Wednesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel to hear how technology is impacting your future now. Oh